0: adventurers supposed to have a specific purpose? What are you doing on this quest? Just meeting strangers? Yep, my purpose is to have no purpose. Though, I sort of find purpose as I go. My basket! It's missing!
1: I have tried many means of defense, but none have yet proven successful.
0: I just wish someone would succeed in getting that darn sword. I am under attack by this ruffian! I want to be big and strong and fight evil. I have hope that if you show up at her door, she might listen. Want to help me yell at them with your sword in a threatening manner? Sidequesting is a fantasy podcast about avoiding the main plot. It follows Ryan, an adventurer who's willing to help just about anyone out. As long as they're not being asked to deal with that scary wizard everyone keeps talking about. Subscribe today on your favorite podcast
1: app. Hey again, R.L. Stein Story Club members. I'm Ivy, your ghostly host and keeper of those strange and spooky tales from the hidden vault of R.L. Stein. Today is another chilling tale. This hair raising tale, Story Club members, will have you avoiding the crawl space under your house at all costs. It's one I call Creepy Crawler. Tyler Wilson wondered what the little door was that led under the house. It was wooden and set into a stone foundation. His parents had rented an Airbnb in a picturesque seaside town for the weekend. The place was actually quite unique. The house was over 130 years old and somebody had put real effort into converting it into a rental cottage. It was the last weekend before school started, so Tyler had been really looking forward to this special trip with his mom and dad. They ambled around to all the local shops buying kitschy knickknacks, saltwater taffy, and ice cream. They went for walks on the beach, took off their shoes and socks, and waded into the frothy waves that lapped onto the sandy shores. It was a hot weather weekend, so the cold seawater felt good on Tyler's warm and tired feet. The consistent roar of the tide was soothing and humbling. When Tyler and his parents returned to the old cottage and went to bed the first night, he heard what sounded like a rustling under his bed. Scrape, scrape, scrape. Tyler thought that maybe a mouse or rat was in his room. He jumped out of bed, snapped on the bedroom light, and grabbed a flashlight off the nightstand. Tyler turned it on and peered under the bed skirt. Nothing. A completely clean and waxed wooden floor. Huh. Scrape, scrape, scrape. No, it wasn't coming from under the bed. The sound was coming from under the house. By that time, Tyler's dad was awake. He had heard it too. Screep, scrape, scrape, scrape. It's probably a rat or a raccoon, his dad said. I'll call the cottage manager in the morning and complain, which he did. An old man, Dale Mathers, visited to check it out. The proprietor explained that they didn't have any kind of rodent or pest problem and the crawl space under the house was sealed up tight. However, he checked it out anyway, just in case. Five minutes later, he came out and said everything was fine. No signs of rats, mice, raccoons, rabbits, cats, or any other kind of animals that could be under there. Tyler's dad was satisfied. Tyler and his parents ventured out for another long day of sightseeing. They went all over the town, eating snacks and snapping pictures. By the time they returned to the old cottage, Tyler was wiped out. He said he was gonna lay on his bed for an afternoon nap. His mom then realized that she mislaid her purse somewhere downtown. She was in a panic. His dad said he would take her back into town, retrace their steps, and see if they could find it. Tyler hoped his mom would find her purse, but right now, he was too tired to care. His eyelids were as heavy as wet sand, and he quickly drifted off into a deep sleep. Except a while later, scrape, scrape, scrape. Tyler had been dead to the world, so he didn't know how long the scraping had been going on, but it was annoyingly loud now. He rose from his deep snooze, feeling seriously annoyed. He'd call that Dale guy right now and tell him to get over here. Except he didn't have the man's number. His dad did, ugh. He'd have to wait for his parents to return home. Scrape, 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 scrape. Tyler cringed. The sound was unbearably annoying. He grabbed the flashlight from the nightstand, went outside and over to the crawlspace door. If it was the middle of the night, this would be pretty creepy, but it wasn't too bad in the afternoon September light. Tyler flipped open the latch on the crawlspace door and opened it, shining the flashlight inside. There was a dirt floor with the wooden beams of the floor above and nothing else. He shined his light around. Scrape, scrape, scrape. There it was again. It originated from the shadows. Then something glittered in the light, something metal, like maybe a coin. Hello? He was met only with silence. He crept into the crawlspace. He had to find out what that sound and glimmering was and then he was sorry that he did. The flashlight picked up something large and black lying in the dirt. It resembled a boy. He was wearing a dark hoodie. Then the figure raised his head. His face was pale, as white as dirty snow, and the features as dull as a wad of clay. It cracked a smile in the featureless face and revealed one gold tooth and a mouth full of jagged brown and broken teeth. And then on its hands and knees, the crawler crawled toward Tyler, laughing, laughing, laughing from its hollow, raspy throat. And Tyler screamed, his shriek reverberating through the floorboards of the old, dark house. Yikes, that one creeped me out. Poor Tyler Wilson. Obviously, he hadn't read enough horror books or seen enough scary movies. You never, never, NEVER check out a strange and unusual noise by yourself. It's always a recipe for disaster, every time. Lucky for Tyler, though, his parents returned home not long after that, except Tyler was never the same again. His hair had turned shock white, the color of popcorn, from being so scared. They never did find the gold tooth crawler under the floorboards of the house when Tyler was able to speak about it a few weeks later. Sweet dreams, beloved listeners. Hey again, R.L. Stein Story Club members! I'm Ivy, your ghostly host and keeper of those strange and spooky tales from the hidden vault of R.L. Stein. Today is another chilling tale. This eerie tale, Story Club members, might make you hide your plushy animals until the end of time. It's one I call Plush, Plush, Sweet Charlotte. Charlotte Davis loved plush animals. She had ever since she was a little girl. Even at 11 years old, when her mother said she was getting too old for them, Charlotte didn't care. They made her happy. She had seven teddy bears, four stuffed dogs, six cats, and a jungle menagerie of other animals like flamingos, tigers, and even a snake. So when she was given a new plush toy, Coco the Clown, she was overjoyed and immediately added the smiling-faced plushie to her collection. Her friend, Dax Winford, gave it to her after he won it at the carnival popping balloons with darts. He told her he'd never seen a plushie like that. And when Charlotte tried to look Coco the Clown up online, nothing came back. In fact, there wasn't even a manufacturer's tag on him. He had a great big, bright, smiling face and happy eyes. Except when Charlotte shot off the lights to go to bed, that smiling face and those bright eyes grew a little creepy in the shadows. Still though, she thought her friend Dax was sweet to give it to her. But even though it had been a nice gift from her friend, Over the course of a couple of days, Coco started giving Charlotte the creeps. So she decided to bury him under some of the other plushies in a rocking chair. I mean, she could've hidden Coco the Clown in a closet or something, but what if Dax came over and saw that? It might hurt his feelings since he had been so happy to give her a unique plushie that she'd never seen before. Little did Charlotte know that she was about to have way bigger problems than accidentally hurting Dax's feelings. When Charlotte came home from school the next day, her plushies seemed to have been moved around. She had a big teddy bear on her dresser that was now lying on his side. Her green and yellow snake plushie that was on her pillow was now on the floor. She asked her mom if she'd been in her room. Her mom said she hadn't been in there all day. Charlotte had a nervous lump in her stomach that she couldn't explain. The room just felt off. She put the plushies back how she left them. She carefully replaced the pink flamingo over Coco the clown's face as it had fallen off. It's as if Coco had wanted to see what was going on from his big wooden chair. In a way, he looked like a crazy-faced king who lorded over his room from the chair. Yeah, you know what? Charlotte decided she would put him in the closet and shut the door. When Dax came over, she'd just take Coco out and set him up again. Yeah, that would work. Charlotte went to sleep that night. As the moonlight drifted through her room, she was awakened by the creak of a door. She kept the door to her room closed, so she figured her gray miniature poodle, Poochie, had wandered in like she sometimes did. But as Charlotte rose to give Poochie a scratch, she saw that her bedroom door was securely shut and that the dog hadn't entered. It was her bedroom closet that was cracked open. Well, maybe the door would swing open on its own if it wasn't entirely shut, right? She probably didn't secure it all the way. Charlotte climbed out of bed and walked toward the closet door. That's when she stepped all over plush animals. They were splayed across the floor. She was expecting her warm feet to kiss the cold wooden floor, but instead there was a platoon of warm and squishy plushies carpeting her path. Had they all fallen off the rocking chair? Well, it was empty. Hmm. Charlotte stepped over her plushies to the closet door. It was as dark as a cave in there. Maybe she should, you know, check it out just in case. She snapped on the closet light. It appeared normal. Old toys on the top shelf, her clothes on hangers, and her shoes on the floor. But where was Coco? Charlotte had set him up on the shelf with all her discarded childhood toys. And now he wasn't there. Poof! The closet light burnt out in a flash. Then, a rhythmic creaking of the rocking chair started behind her. She turned. In the moonlight, Coco the Clown sat in the rocking chair, slowly rocking it, a bright smile on his face. Get her! He hissed. All the plushies on the floor, the bears, dogs, cats, tiger, snake, and even the flamingo, gripped her by the ankles. Charlotte tried to run, but she fell hard on the floor, hitting her head. She was dazed, trying to scream. Her beloved plushies began to engulf her. Charlotte finally managed to scream. A light snapped on in the hallway. She saw the shaft of yellow light burning under the door. Her mom tried to open the door, but she couldn't. Something, the plushies, had tied a jump rope around the knob and around the leg of a heavy dresser. Her mom couldn't pull the door open. Charlotte managed to throw a few plushies across the room as they were so light, but they kept scrambling back, holding her arms down. Coco the Clown climbed down from his chair. I want your soul, he hissed. I want to live again. I've spent too long in this stupid clown doll. Charlotte screamed, then she woke up. Goodness, that was a horrible dream. Thankfully, the night was over, and the steel-gray dawn light was beaming through her window. Except Coco was sitting in the rocking chair. She definitely hadn't put him there, and on his face was a bright, bright smile. Ugh, so creepy. I hate to admit it, but I actually had a bunch of plushies growing up, and still have them. Sure, they're skeletons, spiders, bats, snakes, and other creepy crawlies, and I love them. But after this episode, I stuffed them all into a big garbage bag and locked them deep in the basement. There will be no Coco the Clown antics happening while I'm sleeping. After all, that doesn't sound like much fun.
0: (laughs) Do you like to laugh?
1: Hello again, R.L. Stein Story Club members. I'm Ivy, your ghostly host and keeper of those strange and spooky tales from the hidden vault of R.L. Stein. Today is another chilling tale. This out of this world urban legend Story Club members might make you wonder if it's real or simply an internet hoax. It's called the Black Eyed Children. They've been reported walking on the sides of lonely highways looking for a ride or at gas stations waiting for passerbys or showing up to people's homes on cold wintry nights wanting to use the phone or the bathroom. They're often kids whose ages range from around six to 16. They have pale skin and black eyes that are as dark as coal from lid to lid. Many people believe they might be aliens or even vampires. They're referred to as the black-eyed children. Though tabloid newspapers covered a similar phenomenon in the 1980s, the first report of them that can be narrowed down happened in Abilene, Texas in 1996. A reporter named Brian Bethel, on a ghost-related mailing list, mentioned two sightings, one in Texas and one in Portland, Oregon. His story was later featured on the TV show Monstrous Mysteries in America in 2012. At the time, a movie, Black Eyed Kids, was in the works, so who knows if this was a promotion for the upcoming movie or merely a coincidence. Two years after that, in 2014, a British tabloid, Daily Star, ran some black-eyed children-related stories concerning them showing up during the sale of a haunted pub in Staffordshire. The paper claimed that sightings of the black-eyed children were on the rise all over the world. However, this all seems to be more of an internet hoax, or at least the kind of ghost stories that are passed from person to person but never officially documented in any kind of legitimate news source. The website, Snopes, lists them as legend, similar to Bigfoot sightings. Except, if you remember, Willow Yates and I had just that, a real Bigfoot sighting, when those hairy dudes ate all of our s'mores during our camping trip to Ape Canyon in Cougar, Washington. The nervous some creatures, my goodness. So anyway, there's this- Uh, sorry, hold on a moment, there's somebody knocking on my door. Um, okay, so... Sorry to leave you hanging for so long, but I just had the weirdest encounter. As I was recording earlier, two people came to my front door, a boy and a girl around age 12. They appeared like twins, looking exactly the same and wearing puffy winter coats and boots. They asked to come in and use the bathroom as they were looking for their parents and couldn't find them. They said their parents weren't coming. Of course, I let them in to use the bathroom and even offered them some orange soda and Cool Ranch Doritos, of which they ate the entire party-sized bag. They sat on my living room couch, not saying anything, only munching away on chips and sipping sodas. My toy poodle Spike and my chihuahua Renfield, who were normally friendly to most people, did not like them and growled pretty viciously. I had to lock the dogs in my bedroom. Then a moment after that, the overhead lights flashed on and off. Then the power went completely out. That's when I noticed that my guests had black eyes as dark as obsidian stones. They both rose in unison and said, our parents are here and we are not legends. We exist. We will return someday. Then they walked to the back door. My dogs were howling in the next room the black-eyed children strolled outside. Some intensely bright lights were flashing behind a grove of evergreen trees, and the wind whipped up into a gale force. The kids walked toward the mysterious light without saying anything like, thanks for letting us eat up all your corn chips or something similar, and then they were gone. When they had arrived, I noticed it was 7.15 at night, When they left, it was 11.39. It seemed like they were only in my house for a few minutes, but I guess I lost track of over four hours. What the heck happened? I may never know. So that's my own little black-eyed children's story and experience. Totally creepy and totally weird. A total riddle, am I right? Which is perfect because it's riddle time. But before we get started with today's challenge, let me give you the answer to yesterday's puzzle. If you recall, you were given three door options to free you and your friend from the haunted house. Door one had a swarm of deadly bees behind it. Door two had electric chairs, and door three led to an endless pit. And which door did you pick, beloved listeners? Welp, if you chose door number two and went to the electric chairs, then you chose the correct answer. Why, you ask? Because at the top of yesterday's puzzle, I told you that the house had no electricity. So if you were strapped to an electric chair without any electricity running to it, then after the five minutes were up, you and your friend would simply walk out of the house having had a few minutes of rest and relaxation. Did you get it right? Well, if you didn't, don't worry about it because I have another riddle for you today. You ready? Get your pens out, beloved listeners. Okay, here it comes. How do you know if a monster likes you? I'm gonna tell you on the next episode of R.L Stein's Story Club, so come back tomorrow for another episode, because every R.L Stein Story club member deserves answers and a little scare. Ivy out
0: Go kid go! A lot of people remember what they dream about when they go to sleep. But what if you discovered you could move between the world of dreams and real life? That's the story of Dream Breachers, where Evan wakes up on his 12th birthday and realizes that something he dreamed about that night had actually happened. Dream Breachers is a high-stakes sci-fi mystery adventure. And with the help of his friends, a reappearing stranger, and a mysterious organization called the Dream Academy— Evan will discover what it means to be a dream breacher. If that sounds like a dream to you, you are in luck, my friend. You can listen to Dream Breachers now, wherever you get your podcasts.